Yo, what's up? What's up? What's up? I feel on demand. You see what I did there? Anyway, welcome to my podcast. I hope you're having a wonderful day. As for me in my house, I'm having a marvelous day. And I love using that word because nobody else around me uses the word marvelous. So I I like I'm I'm starting something new. So marvelous has been part of my vocabulary. When somebody asks me, how's your day? And I'm like, my day was marvelous, you know, and that's, that's what we've been on 2020, 2021. Yeah. Today's a long day, y'all. Today has been a long day. Um, I actually was going through it this whole week, including last week. You know, some days you just feel like life is just going so slow, when it comes to your relationship, when it comes to your education, when it comes to just being on social media, you see everybody else's life progressing. And that's the worst thing about social media is you start to compare yourself with someone else's life and you start questioning yourself like, oh my gosh, why isn't my life the way their life is? Or why am I living life like I'm not living. I just wish I had a different life. And it really gets you to that point where like, you just get frustrated, not just with yourself, but you also get frustrated with God in the process. And that's what I had to sit down and actually remind myself this week that I have to learn how to trust the process which leads to word of the day. Word of the day is actually patience. Patient, be patient, having patient. The definition of patient, we Googled it. We went on Webster because we love Webster. Sometimes it gives us the right definition. Sometimes they'd be playing around and just instead of, you know, being straight to the point, Webster likes to curve, go to, you know, up the hills, down the street. But today's definition, Webster actually made it very sweet and simple for us. And it, they define patient as able to remain calm and not become annoyed when waiting for a long time or dealing with problems or difficult people. And I literally had to learn the importance of trusting my process, whether it's with my life in general, relationship, you know, job and, and things that, you know, social media makes seems like it's very easy to get in life, just success in general. I really had to sit back and say, I have to trust the process and I have to trust God in the midst of the storm, which also leads us to our verse of the day, which is Romans 12, 12. I need you to get your Bible, get your Bible, get your Bible. And turn to Romans 12, 12, okay? And it says, rejoice and hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be consistent in prayer, okay? Let me say it again. Come on, somebody. I didn't hear you say, come on, somebody. So I have to put it out there for you to say, come on, somebody. It says, rejoice and hope and patient and tribulation. Be consistent in prayer. Okay? Let's say it one more time because the third time is always a charm. Romans 12, 12 says, be joy, wait, no. <laughs> rejoice in hope. 
Be patient in tribulation. Be consistent in prayer. Okay, so definitely remind yourself that God didn't make things around us to be easy, especially as a Christian. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, life is not supposed to be easy. And if you're going through whatever you're going through, I want to remind you that patient is part of life. You have to learn how to apply patient. You have to learn how to trust the process and you have to learn how to trust that God is going to make everything new. Revelation 21.5, that's my theme for this year. God is making everything new and I'm a living testimony of that. I was very frustrated in the middle of the year and I felt like my life wasn't changing and I started to really reflect on my life and I started to really dig into the word of God. And it really did taught me that I'm made for this life, regardless of the trials and tribulation, I'm made for this life. I'm not going to end my life just because of situations that are happening right now. I know God has a purpose for me and I'm going to wait on his time. Sometimes our time isn't always God time. You got to always keep that in mind and remember that he is the God of the impossible. Just like he had King David wait for almost 30 years before getting his throne and becoming king of Israel, he will do the same thing for you. So be patient. I know life is hard and I'm pretty sure King David and even Jacob, who had to wait seven years to marry Rachel, um, went through that process where they also questioned God. But one thing that I admire about Joseph, I admire about David, I admired about um, Jacob is they never gave up in life and they held on and they waited on God until God came through. So whatever you're going through right now, keep on holding on, um, rejoice in, in, in rejoice in hope, be patient in your troubles and continue praying. Never stop praying. There's a, there's a, I think it's called abbreviation for push uh what there's a thing that goes push it's it's push but it's abbreviation for pray until something happens p-u-s-h pray until something happens and i want you to do the same thing with whatever you're going through in life so continue pushing, continue rejoicing in hope, and also have patience during your struggles. Your tribulations are made for you to, to grow in life. You will learn a lot about yourself. And you will also witness who God really is when you actually hold on to him and stay patient and just wait on God. In the midst of it, be happy, find peace. I've learned to do that. I hope you do that too. So yeah, the word of the day is patient or patience. And I hope you practice that during the week and during this new year that's about to come upon us. And yes, just stay happy, man. Life is made for you to live it abundantly and, and, and have fun in the midst of whatever life is throwing you. Smile. Look at yourself in the mirror and smile. Okay, life is made for strong people, and I know you're strong enough to hold on and believe that God will activate in your life. Holy Spirit, activate. Holy Spirit, activate.
activate, activate, activate. So yeah, word of the day, patience. (laughs) So on today's podcast, we have former Ohio State men's field guard athlete, sports performance coach, college recruiter, mentor, motivational speaker, head coach for Middletown Middle School eighth grade girls basketball team, coach Chris Bozeman. I am honored to have him on the show. He is a man of many hats and I've known Chris for a while now. We are, we're still friends on Facebook. Surprisingly, he didn't unfollow me yet. I've had a lot of unfollows lately and Chris hasn't unfollowed me yet. So I respect you for that. You know, a real one. (laughs) So yeah, I've known Chris for a while. Um, We had tutoring together. That's how we met. And I've been watching his entire, you know, just life transform over the year. And it's amazing to see what he's doing now. He is the eighth grade middle school girls head basketball coach at Middletown. And every time I see him post pictures of his girls or him at practice, they even made a TikTok. I am so jealous. Coach Chris is a TikToker. You go ahead, Coach Chris. You do your TikTok. They got him doing the little... The, the, the trending song the it's dope i want to be on y'all next tiktok so whenever i come through put me on y'all next tiktok because i've always wanted to make a tiktok with somebody people around me don't mess with me like that <laughs> they're a little bit camera shot or they can't dance so i can't just put anybody on tiktok okay the fact that y'all got coach on tiktok makes me jealous because i want to be on tiktok but yeah, he is an amazing guy and it's an honor to have him on the show. So ladies and gentlemen, hoopers and, and watchers and, and sports lovers and lovers of the Afi Elizabeth podcast, please welcome coach Chris Bozeman. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you for coming on the show. I truly appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so before we start, Chris, we normally have this thing where we ask questions before we actually start the actual interview. It's called Icebreaker. So today's icebreaker is actually on the mild area. So it's not hot. It's not cool. It's like in between. Okay. So this is just for you to shake off the nervousness when it comes to interviewing and questions that might be coming your way. I know you're a coach, so you don't have that nervousness at all. Mm, (laughs) It it, it happens here. It's time for icebreakers question. And this is when the ice breaks. No. Okay. Just drop the beat. Question number one. Name your top three countries you like to visit. Oh, that's easy. Uh, uh, Spain, Italy, and uh, I'm going to have to say Japan. Really? Why those three countries? I've never heard anyone say Spain. Definitely Italy, Japan. Every oh. once in a while I've heard that before. But why those three countries? So Spain is somewhere that I've always wanted to be, especially if I had to continue playing basketball. That's where I wanted to say where I wanted my career to be. Be mm-hmm. was in Spain, uh, Japan, 
they love Nike. And as you can see, you know, I'm a Nike guy. <laughs> Me too. Always so yes, and then uh, Italy, you know, I just love Italian food and I want to try it in an actual authentic place where that's how your food actually started. So yes, those okay. are my top three. Number two, what's your favorite 90s show? I was going to have to be uh, First Principle. First? Really? What about yes. it? Is it because Will Smith's your favorite actor? When you get out of the show? Uncle Phil, uh, recipes, James Avery. You know, he, he was like a a male father figure through a TV screen. You know, even though he used to get on Will Smith, of course. But, you know, I learned a lot from him, you know, just how to be more more successful and how to grow and be more mature and actually have a vision for myself and not just, you know, be an average person okay. living in the world. So what's your favorite Will Smith uh, Fresh Prince episode? It's a lot. Um, I'm going to have to... Yeah, you, you put it there. I'm going to have to say the top three uh, when Will Smith got married to uh, his little girlfriend. Remember, um... He was talking about he had knees and he was talking about he had knees or whatever and mm-hmm. Uncle Phil was like, do something smart and him and Jazz and the girl, they went off and got married and then she gave him his little uh, grandfather clock, whatever. That one, because uh, it, it was just the way Uncle Phil was going off and then when he came back home and uh, What's, what was one little sister? Uh, Ashley. Carlton, Hillary. Yeah, Ashley. She uh had knew what happened, and Carlton and Hillary didn't believe her. And then when they came in the door, they said exactly what she said. So that one, uh, when they uh, Will Smith and Carlton when they played basketball, and Carlton had took a ball from Will and threw up a heave shot for no apparent reason. It was a straight air ball that was comedy. Yeah. Uh, and the last one, I'm going to have to say... Mm, I'm going to have to say when Aunt Vivian was their history teacher and gave them a history lesson on Malcolm X and really taught Will Smith you know how to really be inspired by your true heroes mm-hmm. that's so, nice. those, those will be those be the i mean it's pushing it but I, i'll do them as my top three all right what's your dream job or what was your dream job growing up my dream job growing up is what i'm doing right now uh, just being a sports performance trainer and it came upon me to be a coach so mm-hmm. yes because of you know as you know me, I love the game. I love being around sports and now I'm doing something I really love to do, so yes. What's your favorite and most used emoji? The smile emoji, laugh emoji. That the is one with the, the eyes or the one with the teeth or the eyes and the tears and the smile? I'm gonna have to say the one with the tears. Really? Yes, I, I probably use that the most due to my athletes. 
because they always text me something silly or you know whatever the case may be and yeah would you say they got you hip on the emojis because they're gen z you know they use them they i use it more i use it more now than i have before growing up so yes okay okay so if you could win an olympic gold medal for any sports real or fake what would it be it'll have to be it'll have to be uh it'll have to be the 100 meter dash or 200 meter dash for one of them so because i was a track runner uh coming up from middle school and high school that is different. I was expecting for you to be like USA basketball or something. Well, I mean, because I had that experience before, so really, I'm just thinking. Tell us I a little did. bit more. I would love to hear this. I was actually invited to go to Barbados um, back in 20, was it 2014, 2015? Mm-hmm. One of the two years, and I got the opportunity, and it was a fulfillment. Um, being in a on an island where you know the great Rihanna is from, um, it was you know just a culture shock, and it was just probably one of the best best experiences I've had as being an athlete. Okay. So yes, that's different. What movie or TV show best describe your week? I know we're like in the middle of the week, but name one. I might have to say, I might have to say family, because it's always something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it can always be something, you know, like something that's going to make me happy, then the next day something that makes me sad, then something that makes mm-hmm. me just want to, you know, go off. So I might have to say family, y'all. That's just hands down. I would definitely say for me, I would say the office. Just craziness, okay. man. Craziness. All right, so my last question. What is one of your hidden talent? Uh, or do you have a talent that nobody knows about? Something that's like, oh, I didn't know you did that. I mean, well, everybody just learned that I, I do poetry, so I would say that's the I'm sure. What are you, Love Jones? What kind of poet? <laughs> I just, honestly, I just freestyle poetry. I don't really sometimes like so when i do like my meditation and yoga Mm. on the weekend sometimes on saturdays i just go out and uh, go to riverscape and just sit and write and i'll just write a poem like i'll just write then it turn into a poem Mm. so i'll just just go that's different. I'm sure your your basketball players will definitely be like, "Oh, coach, you didn't know that about you." Write us a little yeah, something. <laughs> yeah, no. we they're they're fine. They're fine. <laughs> so when it comes to basketball, I've always been curious um, when it came to you know asking questions like this because you learn new things, especially with players and coaches. Is just fascinating when they answer this question. So, how old were you when you first touched basketball? I was four years old. Four years old. Do you remember, remember that the- experience? Or yes, I remember it uh, like it was yesterday. I was living with my grandma along with my mom, and my mom came home 
and I, I kid you not, <laughs> I was watching Family Guy. I mean, not Family Guy. I was watching SpongeBob. And I was eating a bowl of Frosted Flakes, and my mom came in, and she just gave me a basketball, and it's like I dropped everything I was doing. I was watching SpongeBob, and I ended up uh, just falling in love with basketball, and ever since then, that's all I cared for was just doing that. So at what age did you start to actually understand the game? I started understanding the game of basketball because my mom had taught me and it took me it took me some time. It took me till I was about seven or eight years old because I had to do a lot of my own studying and observing mm. the game myself. You say your mom taught you? Did your mom play? Yes, my mom taught me. Um, yes, she did play. Um, she had played until I believe it was high school. And she had taught me, and then I had to fire her. <laughs> what was that like? <laughs> no now I'm curious to know the story. Like, how was that? What was the relationship was like? Uh, I mean, besides getting yelled at, you know, for missing a layup, you know, like we had a park. I'm only. Five years old. I'm still learning basketball. But no, she actually gave me a lot of good advice. Mm -hmm. And actually, when she was coming to the games, I will always run to her after the games and we'll have a long, a long talk about what I could have did, what I should have did. And it helped me grow a lot as a player. And then, you know, as I moved on from working with her, I ended up getting introduced to a trainer that really took my game to the next level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, being in elementary, middle school, I learned so much. And this is just off the court. He taught me how to play chess. And I didn't understand why. And he was like, you play chess, you'll actually learn how to be more ahead of people. And when I started playing chess, my IQ got better, my thought process got better, and it made me a better player, and it just went from there. Wow, that's that's something different. I've never heard that before. So, never. like, were you when you when you were at home, were you practicing chess at the same time? Or were you just playing chess? I was so I was practicing at first and learning. And then when I actually learned how to play chess, I would play against my trainer or I would play against people that I knew play chess and I would just get better, period, by, month by month. Huh, so you said that it helped you understand the game better. In what way? Because you always got to think ahead of a person. So as a player, you got to be one step ahead of you know, your opponent. So when you're sitting down, and this is why I teach a lot of my athletes, when you're sitting down studying film, you're mm -hmm. studying somebody's craft, right? Yeah. So if you know a person is a shooter and they're going to take, you know, a two dribble sidestep, you know, as soon as they come down the court, as soon as they settle and they take one, and you got to look at their feet placement. You got to look at so much. And as soon as you see that second dribble, you see them going, you already ahead. You ready for them to shoot the ball and just cause that contest shot, either get a block or cause them to turn the ball over. So, you know, it's it's kind of like just a, a thought process. So studying your opponent and then also playing chess combines to having you just always ahead. 
So do you so, have days with your, your, your girls? You help them with the chess game? Do they actually play the uh, game or uh, you just explain to them? Because that would be cool if you actually, actually bring that into practice. So, so actually, right now, because I was grateful and blessed to be able to coach at the middle school level. So right now, I'm just focused on just the development aspects mm-hmm. and just getting them ready. You know, because right now I'm coaching the eighth grade girls. And I'm just getting them ready for high school. Now, when they hit high school and they start understanding the game more, then, yes, I introduce something like that to them. But because, like, something like that, you have to fully fully grasp everything at a certain level. Yeah. Because with me, when I started out, nobody ever thought, like, okay, let me throw chest at them. And even with my trainer, he didn't do that with me until, like, the probably like four years in of training so yes speaking of high school i learned that you graduated from belmont high school did you play yeah. basketball in belmont or you actually answer this question first are you from dayton ohio or yes okay yes. so did you play high school in basketball yes. in Belmont? how was that i like? played at Chalkwood. i played at Chalkwood starting off and then i went to belmont Actually, when I went to Belmont, it was a very big learning experience because um, coming from Trotwood, and this is no disrespect towards Belmont or anything of that nature, but yeah. when I was at Trotwood, we was known for winning at all different sports. So when you have, and again, when I mean winning, I mean from when I went to Trotwood in the second grade. And I didn't get to play because I came in late, but I played with them from third grade all the way to our freshman, sophomore years of high school. I mean, mm-hmm. freshman year of high school, we never lost a game, right? So we didn't lose until our freshman year. And then even sophomore, junior year, we never was on a losing type of – we never had a losing atmosphere. We was always beating teams. So my senior year, when I transferred to Belmont, because I lived with my grandma. It was weird because they always lost, and I was not used to doing that. I was not used to that adversity of losing games, you know, multiple games or back-to-back games. It was kind of, like, weird to me. And then being under a coach um, that was very different from the coaching staff that I had growing up, it was kind of like a huge adjustment, but it taught me you know, as a player and as a athlete and as someone mm-hmm. that wants to play at the next level, um, there's going to be different teams that you're going to play with, different type of coaching styles, and you just got to learn how to adjust to it. So it actually taught me how to deal with losing and also how to deal with just adversity of it. So I feel like it was a win-win situation. Um I had a great time at Belmont. I actually learned more about myself, and that's thanks to Coach Fields, who actually took me up under his wing and actually talked me into playing football. Um, and he actually has – he's still a mentor to me. I still talk to him from time mm-hmm. to time um, whenever I get a chance to because, as you see, I'm always ripping and running from yeah. Middletown to training here in Dayton. But – um, just having him around still always giving me that little quick advice or that little bit of motivation. So he was a huge impact on me at Belmont. I can definitely relate with the whole shift, shifting from 
a winning school to because we play Bell. I think we play Belmont. I went to Stebbins. We play Belmont. And I know my you said it the most respectful way. <laughs> when I played at Stebbins, I wasn't used to the atmosphere with the losing. And every time we played Belmont, it was like we're playing Belmont. How do we how are we losing to Belmont? No disrespect, but it was just it was too much. Right. But that I could definitely relate with that. Um, so as far as um playing for Belmont, what were your goals after after high school? Did you have uh scholarships? Automatically, you- automatically playing college. I was actually given the opportunity to play at Wright State after graduating high school, but I had to delay because of a uh, situation at home mm-hmm. uh, with my grandma. Um, so I took some time from school and I took some time from basketball. Then I went back and went and played in college. And overall, it was a great experience. I've had that was probably the most fun I've had. I know a lot of people ask me if I was to ever go back to basketball, where would I go back to? I would automatically say college, um, just because you know, you could, I would honestly, because of the, the scheduling. The practices, you know, you had two practices a day. So you started first thing in the morning. You get done with your classes. You go do your homework, do your studying. And after that, you relax and just go to your last practice, which is your team team practice. And, you know, you had the back-to-back games. Now, the only thing that really was stressful was March Madness. And that was <laughs> really so? because you still – because you still had, like – it was like you had finals – and you had to worry about, you know, you want to win or go home situation. So, you know, mm-hmm. you got a lot on your plate. But unfortunately, my freshman year got cut short due to um, an MCL injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, just trying to be cute, flying across the air and going up for a dunk. And I came down wrong. And uh, it still haunts me to this day, but I get over it. And I was ended up unfortunate enough to go to OSU Mansfield and play there and had a actually a better turnout there than I did at Rice State. Okay. So did you play overseas? Cause I, I actually creeped on your Twitter and I saw that you have like <laughs> flags. I'm not going to lie. Like I did some hardcore searching. I played. So yes, I did. not only the funny thing is not only uh, there were like 200 other Chris Bozeman that popped up on Google. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of names with different faces. But I landed on your Twitter and I saw you had a Barbados uh, flag and then you had a Spain flag. So did you play international basketball or? Yes, I played international and Spain was, like I said earlier, that was my biggest goal was to play there. But um a lot of people ask me, like, why did I stop playing basketball? Um, I was just mentally – I was mentally done um, just after the fact of when my grandma passing, it just took a toll on me. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I hear from in Middletown with our head varsity coach, uh, Coach T, he always talk about your why. Like, why are you doing – you know, what makes you wake up in the morning to do what you love to do? 
And my mom and my grandma was my why on why I played basketball, you know, and especially with, um, I mean, with both of them, because, you know, they sacrificed so much for me to get as far as I did. And, you know, it was kind of like, let me just do something different, you know, still be around the game of basketball, but instead of playing, just find another passion or find something else. And when I called it, quits it hurt it was weird but how, how, how when you say weird like i'm i'm really big on words so i'm kind of like curious what do you mean by weird it was just weird you know like now instead of waking up not training mm. but sitting here watching basketball um still studying the game it was like okay i'm not playing anymore so what am i gonna do and that's when uh, a good friend of mine, old college teammate, uh, Deshaun Bees, we had talked and he had already started his business with training. And I was like, all right, okay, let's see how this go. And that's when we had combined, came together. And then that's when I came with 937 Fundamentals Academy. And we had actually started recruiting, um, a recruiting process where we actually help kids get into college. Mm-hmm. And then next thing I knew, we just kept it going. And then this year alone has probably been my best year with um, just sports performance training, um, the growth of our companies, both mine and his. Yeah. And, you know, getting the opportunity to coach in Middletown, which is truly one of the biggest blessings this year um because i just love the culture and the atmosphere out there so actually i'm more in love with doing what i do now than i am playing what got you interested in training i think i always had an interest because you know when you play when you play college and when you get to other opportunities there's always kids watching you right Mm -hmm. and you know, even when I was training with my trainer, Mr. Dokes, it was always kids that would come up to me and be like, hey, how do you shoot like that? Or how do you dribble this way? Or, you know, things like that. So it was always like I was doing that, but I just never knew that I was really going to just say, all right, you know, let me do this for the rest of my life. And it has started with one kid. And he told me that he wanted to play. And he's actually one of my first kids I got into 937 Academy. And he had told me, like, I want to play JB, you know, as a freshman. And I said, okay, we can we could do something. So we trained that whole summer because he didn't make his eighth grade team. And he wanted to have revenge because he played for Wayne. And I know Wayne and... Miami's birthday play against each other. And he was having his little doubts, and I was telling him, like, look, you told me what you wanted to do. I'm going to make sure it happens. And next thing I knew, I got a text from him and his mom, and he made JV. So it was kind of like, wow, like this really just happened. So let's keep this going. And, you know, the more and more kids I work with and the more and more growth I see, is more so like this is where I belong and this is where I need to be instead of, you know, being the opposite like them and playing. 
And like I said before, I get more joy out of doing this because I know my mom had asked me, she was like, do I miss playing? Like I said, other people ask me and I say, no, I don't miss playing. Like, granted, I will play, you know, I'll play with the high school guys or the girls. Yes, I'll do that. But as far as like, do I actually miss playing in the league or anything? I really don't. Yeah, you had the kid come to you and be like, "Okay, I want to be, I want to play for Jay Z, Jay Z, JV." JV. (laughs) What was the first thing? Because when when you said that in my mind, I was thinking, "Why not varsity?" Did you not think that, or is it just how that's what he had thought? Okay. That's what you know, because a lot of freshmen they want to just go automatically to JV, or they want to go to varsity. But he just said he wanted to play JV. So I said, okay, cool. And I just put him through the workouts, put him through all the skills and drills. And like I said, he texted me and said, I made, I made JV. Do you still train so, him till this day? Yes, I do. Um, I still train him. Currently, right now, he is on the injury reserve list mm-hmm. um, due to a wrist injury. So I will not see him for another week. But yes, I still, we're still, I'm still growing. Um, day by day, I'm actually getting ready to get a lot of my athletes back due to winter break. And now I'm actually getting highly recommendations from people because of what I've done with their kids as well. So you put out like videos of you helping these players with, you know, whether it is dribbling or the whole nine yard. So how, besides getting recommendation from other parents, how do you also get these players and train them or where do you find these train these players it's uh basically i just i go out to certain schools and i'll sit down and i observe a kid and be like oh i like this kid let's see what i can do um and get the information and i'll keep coming back keep coming back and then i'll actually reach out to the coaches or it's some of the kids on my Snapchat, on my social media that go to the schools with these kids and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I know this kid. He go to my school. We go to school together. And I'll tell them, like, hey, I want to work with him or her. Give them my information and let's see where it goes. And if it goes, it goes. If it don't, then, hey, you know, it happens. Because I didn't have some parents tell me, like, yeah, I want you to work with my son. I want you to work with my daughter. And then I never hear from them. But then they start seeing the social media. They start seeing me post like all the kids I work with. And then they're doing their own homework and research like you. And I get a phone call months later. Like it just happened today where I gave this guy my number back in May. I think it was like May, June. I think it was between May and June. Mm-hmm. And he just reached out to me today and was like, hey, um, is this Chris Bozeman? I want to, I want you to work with my son. I've been seeing your TikToks. And I'm like, okay. I was looking. I'm like, what? I? Something is you working know? out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But it, it's, like I said, it's just a steady growth. You know, I'm only two years into um, sports performance training and just the motivational speaking and mentoring. And, um you know, just doing the whole college recruiting. You know, we're just only two years in. I know it's a lot more to come. It's just taking time. So with coaching girls basketball, you said that your mom started as your personal trainer. 
Mm-hmm. And now you're a girls basketball coach. Yes. What interests you in coaching girls basketball coach and not what well, coaching girls basketball and not boys? It wasn't. I mean, it was just, you know, the opportunity that was presented to me, but I always said I wanted to coach girls basketball. That's just something I always said I wanted to do because female athletes, they don't get the respect that they, that, you know, us boys get, mm-hmm. you know, because when I was coming up, we had the, the McDonald's summer leagues, and so much more but you know these girls they don't get it at all so i always wanted to have a huge impact on be one of the impacts on girls basketball or just athletes in general so yes so walk me through your process on becoming a coach how was that like did anyone um hope you get there or was it something that you kind of had to learn on your own like give me that whole entire process how was that like so actually I had met, so I was last year, I was coaching in the fall league um, at Bethel High School and I met the head girls varsity coach, Coach T, um, Coach Tolliver and Coach Rowe, who was the head JV coach and assistant varsity coach up under Coach Tolliver. And, you know, it was just more so like a, you know, having fun, you know, we in a fall league, we're just cracking jokes, but we're also, you know, I'm learning from them and, you know, we're just, you know, creating a bond. And I was going out watching the girls play and watching them because, I, I mean, I heard of, I never heard about Middletown. I never have. Um, the only time I did was when they played, you know, it's a school called Dakota West. And, I had watched them and I'm like, hmm, you know, it's a pretty nice school, you know, just I like what I've seen. And I actually knew a girl that played for Middletown, but I just never, you know, just never been there. So what was it this? I believe it was this summer, June or July, I'm not 100 percent remembering which month it was. But I had went and watched them play at the Kano Sports Center. And Coach Rowe had asked me, hey, come up to Middletown. I want to sit down and talk to you. And I said, okay, cool. I was thinking, like, oh, I'm about to get my big break. I'm about to work with, you know, another high school and do team workouts. Great. But we had sat down and they had talked to me about coaching. And, you know, they had gave me everything that I've always wanted to hear was, you know, they wanted having them. They want to have a a positive influence and an impact on kids. And that's something that I've always endured on was, you know, every kid I come across that I train or if I coach in these little fall leagues or AU, you know, I want to have a positive impact on them, whether they be successful as an athlete or they just be successful, you know, like yourself or myself and, so many others were what we really love to do. And it was like an instant. As soon as they said, would you like to coach here? I was like, yes, it was an instant, you know, because the kids, they're humble. They want to learn, you know, about the game of basketball. They want to get better. Um, They want to 
you know, just be around positive people and, you know, just have a, a fun, a fun, you know, learning experience. And that's something that I love about Middletown. And yes, so I was happy with my decision. I'm grateful with this decision and opportunity to be coaching here. So with the Middletown girls, I know your overall record is three and four. Yes. In conference, you're also three and four. Um, yes. What was your first day like as a coach? I want to know that experience, especially with eighth grade girls, because I was an eighth grade girl. So I know yeah. that entire the character, the personality is different than coaching boys. So actually, it was a. Uh... It wasn't bad, you know, because I got two little, two little ones. Um, that I'm gonna say their names. I don't care, Camille and Michaela, because they're gonna hear this. So it is what it is. <laughs> they, uh, they had thought that I was a quiet coach, you know, because that's how I was. I'm a quiet person, and you know, when they had actually seen, you know, like, oh, he's really like talking oh wow like he is you know it was yeah but i mean practices it's been you know it just it's just like any other time you know it has a roller coaster it's has its days but the one thing i love about just overall from the middle school all the way up to the high school these kids never give up they never quit and that's like the best thing ever as a coach you know no no matter how hard we be on these kids no matter how much we yell at them how much we make them run or just anything they always come back and actually they stay after practice and want to get extra shots up or some of my A-grade girls they'll ask me like hey coach can we work out with some of the high school girls you know so it's like you can't really have a bad day with the kids unless if you know they're just not listening mm-hmm. that's about it but overall we're still learning we're still growing and uh having fun so yes so were you freaking out when they told you that you're coaching eighth grade girls what were going what was going through your head actually they had um asked me did i want to do did i want to coach eighth grade or did i want to coach freshman And I told him, I I said that I would coach middle school girls basketball. I actually wanted to Um, just, you know, because I wanted to learn. I wanted to, you know, start somewhere and not just automatically start at the high school level. I wanted to grow, you know, and who knows, maybe the opportunity will come for me to go to high school a year or two, but when the time comes, the time will come again. But I enjoy the middle school right now. I really do. So what is your philosophy as a coach? I would love to hear this. Oh, uh, strive for progression, not perfection. Explain. So our coaches say, and this is no offense to all coaches across the globe, um, all coaches, some, I'm not going to say all, some say practice makes perfect. Mm-hmm. If that is the case, you know, we will never have a win-lose draw. You know, kids will never need coaches. They will just be perfect athletes. They will be 100% shooters from the, th- from the field goal to the three-point line to the free throws. You know, they'll never know what it's like to turn the ball over or anything like that. 
So in on the contrary, that's never going to happen. You're never going to have a kid shooting 100 percent, you know, every game. And if they do, hey, you're just lucky. But or, you know, kids going to run a play every single time correctly. That's never going to happen. Um, granted, with my eight grade girls, you know, <laughs> I, I be I be looking. I'm like, oh, they just ran this whole play right. So, you know, but it's like it's always going to be a flaw somewhere. So you're never going to be a perfect athlete. You know, you just always just striving to get to a better athlete. And that's where the progression comes in, you know, because you're not going to pick up a basketball and say, oh, I'm about to be the next LeBron James or Michael Jordan. You know, like <laughs> you, you got to learn how to be. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. <laughs> I was waiting for Ooh, you to correct <laughs> Hold on, hold on. I said the wrong person. You're never going to be a Michael Jordan in the late Kobe Bryant. Sorry. Let me rephrase that. I'm glad you did. I'm really glad you did. So disrespectful. But yes, so it's more, I mean, that's just how it is. And, you know, again, that's just my philosophy. You know, I would rather see these kids progress and go through that adversity than think everything is going to be perfect. So what's something that your coaches have taught you in the past that you carry till this day because my coach she used to say on time is late early is on time and I still apply that till this day even you know outside of basketball I still do that even though oh. we started this podcast a little bit behind but that's that's a whole different story <laughs> but <laughs> tell me what's one uh, for you I would have to say it's better to be hmm. See, it's a lot, you know, but I mean, I didn't got the, it's better to be late than early when you run your plays. I didn't mm-hmm. got the, it's better to be on time. Uh, but the biggest one I'm going to have to take is um, from Coach Bills is you can't make excuses because excuses mm. don't make sense. You know, and wow. how do you apply that to everyday life? I mean, it's just, you know, if you wake up every day with a goal and if you attack the morning, then you want the whole entire day. But if you keep making excuses about, you know, certain things in life, you know, then you basically live in that regret. Like you regret the decisions that you made 24 hours ago or today or what you're looking for in your future. Right. Mm. So. When you keep making excuses about the little things or the big things, then it's kind of like you, like I said, regretting all the decisions that you made and you're not trying to progress anymore. You're just going to just live in a whole lifestyle of I'm making excuses because of this is why I didn't make it to college or this is why I didn't graduate or this is why I didn't make the team and not take ownership of yourself. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. With coaching, not only are you coaching girls, but you're also coaching girls that are changing as far as, you know, they're, I want to say, becoming into a grown woman, you know? So mm-hmm. as far as attitude, because my brother also coached eighth grade girls. And not only did he coach eighth grade girls, he also coached, he was the assistant coach for Stebbins High School. And then he was also my trainer on the side. So being a girl, he kind of, 
I wouldn't say he kind of, he did get the attitude, get the days where he, you know, he was about to just go off and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. as far as you, how did you deal with, how do you deal with discipline issues and attitude with your players? Just make them rough. (laughs) (laughs) What's up with coaches with that? Like, that's not going to solve anything. I mean, it will. Obviously, it will. It will because, you know, it's kind of like when you put discipline into the game of basketball, Mm -hmm. it's going to make the kid want to do better. For example, we actually started a new thing where we shot free throws because, you know, we, we had that little issue one game. So for every free throw, any coaches that's listening, you can take this. I promise it'll work. So for every free throw that our kids missed, we made them run it down the back for. But we had to all shoot the free throws, right? Mm-hmm. So our next game, I think we shot like 90%, 90% from the free throw line. And they all looked at me and was like, hey, coach, we only got one down the back. You know? So it's like they... You know, they thought about it like, oh, my God, if I step up to this line, I miss coach going to make me run in practice, you know, or, you know, if they talk back, just going to lie. But, you know, it's just a discipline. But we make them run. I make them run, you know, even if they just look like they're going to yell, you know, because it kind of it kind of stops. But overall, we don't really have the attitudes on our team. Um, and if we do, it gets fixed quickly because we have a lot of girls that are leaders and just take ownership of, you know, keeping the composure on the team. Okay. So when it comes to your coaching um, abilities, not abilities, but your coaching vibes, what kind of coach are you? Are you the type? Because I've had a lot of coach in my past and I'm a quiet person. So when I moved into Stebbins, I know one of my coaches like to hear loudness. He likes to hear you talking on the court. He want to hear you, you know, t- yell out plays, talk, ball, 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 ball. That was my least favorite thing to do. So as far as you, what are you as when it comes to coaching? Well, I was trying to be a laid back coach, um, quiet, you know, controlling my emotions and everything and not yelling. But again, like I said earlier, the two, they was like, we want our coaches yelling and, you know, getting us. I was like, okay, you know, because again, this is my first year coaching. I never thought I was about to do all this. And again, because I was thinking back to how I was because I was always quiet. I never cared if my coach yelled at me. I was mm-hmm. just ready to play. But I know every kid is different. So now I'm the yelling, 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 calling everything, yelling, ball to ball, 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 shot, 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 all of that. So, yes. Do you I'm find yourself sometimes, do you find yourself sometimes thinking, dang, I yelled too much today? Like, come on, man. I actually almost lost my voice. Uh, I almost lost my voice twice. And I had to stop and grab some water, you know, because again, like, this. Something I never thought I was going to do, but again, I enjoy it. So, yeah. So how do you deal with tryouts? Because I know, is this, this is your first year? Yes, we, uh, tryouts, we actually kept, um, we kept 
because I had, I think, 20, 20 some kids try out. I think I can't off the top of my head remember, but I kept 15 because um, I didn't want to cut a lot of girls. And, um, you know, it's just a lot of these girls, they have the drive and the passion and they all wanted to be there. So the 15 I kept, they, uh, what can I say? Some are there because, you know, they have a reason. Mm-hmm. And some are there because, you know, they actually want to get better with basketball. And you can always pick and choose, you know, just like me being a player, you being a former player. You know, we didn't have teammates where that wanted to be athletes and wanted to be involved in something because of situations, you know, outside of, you know, just being an athlete and it's kind of like being on the other side now and learning about these girls I actually am grateful that the 15 I have you know are having a different outlook on life like I have some of my athletes they'll text me and be like coach I'm so grateful that you you know you're around and you're one of my coaches, you know, and it's just those text messages that I look at me like, Oh wow, I'm glad I picked this kid. Yeah. Cause this is what it wants. So yes. How did you deal with the rejection process with players and pl- with parents as well? I, I want to know, cause the face I- that you're making right now, Chris, is kind of like, it's got me worried a little bit. <laughs> I- <laughs> It was, of course, you know, with this being my first year, it was hard because I never, you know, went through that. You know, again, I was always on the other end. But, you know, for me to tell a kid, actually, I never really told the kid, you didn't make the team. Mm -hmm. But I did. But it was like, I didn't just blatantly say like, oh, you didn't make the team. No. I gave them, you know, I did exactly what my uh, eighth grade coach did where we actually had to go in the locker room and it was a one-on-one situation and he would give us like a no card. Even if we made the team, he still wanted us to work on these things. So that's what I did with him. I did exactly, you know, what our coach did. Hey, you know, I would love to have you on a team, but these are the areas you need to work on and I wish you the best of luck. And I hope that, you know, you grow and maybe, you know, prove me wrong and, Come try for the high school next year. You didn't you get know? the phone calls so, from the parents. Why didn't you put my girl on the team? No, I didn't. Um, no, I actually didn't. So I was uh, grateful that didn't happen. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so no, I didn't have to deal with that at all. At all, and that's that's good. That's very good. Very good. So I saw on your on your Twitter account, <clears throat> Chris, you said that you are also a mentor. So yes. as a coach, what do you teach your players besides basketball? Just how to have a uh, a positive outlook on life and just how to be, you know, just grateful for the little things that you have. Again, outside of just basketball, you know, just being uh, viewed instead of, I mean, being seen instead of viewed. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just wanting to have a purpose in life. And also, like, our uh, head varsity coach, Coach T, always saying, you know, find your why. So, yes. I'm a big fan of Coach Carter, okay? 
I love that movie. Yeah. I've watched that movie so many times. I even know the lyrics to the songs and the 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 entire movie. So, are you a Coach Carter type of coach? Do you keep up with your players' academic? Or are you just one of those coaches that's just like, okay, if, if you're going to play on the team, just get your, your grades up. And then the rest of it, you're like, okay, you go and live your life. What kind of coach are you? Nah, I'm that, I'm that coach because when you get to the high school level, our coaches is going to be on you because of your grades. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you want to play in college, you got to have your grades. You got to. That's like the biggest thing. And these kids have to learn that now instead of wait till you know it's the last minute to worry about grades. So mm-hmm. I'll be on their grades. I'll text them. Hey, what's your grade? Matter of fact, we actually, it's funny you say that. <laughs> last week, we actually had texted and talked about grades. And all the kids looked at me and was like, yeah, my grades are good. My grades are good. So we're good. We're fine. And um, I done had some, you know, told me like, coach, I need to turn this assignment in. And then I'll be okay. And yes, yeah, so it's we I stay on top of everything that's important because basketball is always going to be around. But one day you're going to be in my shoes and you're going to hang hang up the shoes mm-hmm. and, you know, you're going to find something different. So Do yes. you have study tables or is it just a group of just texting? We actually I make sure that they own their studies. So that's why we have late practices. So I can mm-hmm. make sure that they go home, do their homework, do any assignments they need to do. And then, yes. Oh, you a good one. You deserve that coach of the year award. Okay. Uh, you know, Give yourself a pat in the back. Hopefully, <laughs> on the you back. know, I'll give that award. You know. That's so, good. Yes. So in addition to winning championship, because I know that's every coach's goal is to win, you know, conference and hopefully the states. I'm not sure if eighth grade players do that here. But, conference. Yeah, conference. Okay. So in addition of winning championships, does your team have other goals and what are they? Just becoming better athletes. Um, understanding the game of basketball and just growing and just progressing. That's that's their main focus. I haven't really even heard any of my players say or even talk about, you know, winning a conference. They always talk about, Coach, I want to do this. I want to work on this. I want to work on that. So it's more so these kids just want to work on development. They're not looking towards the future. They're looking towards just getting better day by day. So what about you as a coach? I'm the, I mean, of course, every coach is always going to think about winning their conference, winning the tournament, but I got to think like what's more important, you know, winning the title saying like, Oh, I did this and these kids didn't get any better and it don't show or having these athletes, young women get better and, you know, we get to that point to win a title, then yes, it's going to show all the way. Mm-hmm. So I just more so just care about the skill work and the at the um the work ethics and just getting them there. Because if you prepare a kid, no, go ahead, go ahead. Pre- yeah, I was gonna say if you prepare a kid and like get their skills, you know, progress and get there, mm-hmm. and you. You basically push them like they won or like they're wanting to win a title, then you never know. We could be there. Okay. 
I like that. You really do deserve coach of the year. Go ahead. Thank you. You know, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make sure that uh, my coaches hear that so I can get it. So yeah, I'm gonna do. So with the word of the day being patient, I want to know. Can you tell us how have you been able to exercise that word during your most difficult time, especially this year, or just life in general? Um, patience. You know, like they all saying, patience is a virtue. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to be patient with everything that comes and that's going to come your way. Mm-hmm. As you know, I'm a confident man. So, you know, a lot of us, we always want to be successful automatically. We don't want to go through the hoops. We don't want to go through the trials, tribulations or the failures. You know, we don't want to go through that. We just automatically want to make that that certain income, you know, or we want to be in that career field, but we don't want to go through again everything I said. But when you're patient and you just keep pushing, you know, you wake up every day like, oh, my God, I still got to keep working. But you keep going. Everything will come, in, you know, in the time that God has for you. And then also when you're ready. And that's why, like, this whole year, I, even though with everything that's going on with the pandemic and, you know, the backtracking from, you know, certain things that COVID has stopped us from doing, I'm overall say this is my best year. You know, I got to watch one of my athletes go off to college. I watched their sign. I got to sit at the table with her. And, you know, just the growth of 937 Fundamentals Academy. Um, I got to coach AAU my first year, and now I'm coaching at a school that I will forever be grateful. Coaching is more so like I'm, I'm content and I'm at where God wants me to be. And I'm somewhere that I'm going to love every day. And I've been waiting for these type of moments. And now that I have it, you know, that's my overall me being patient. Wow. So, we're about to get into our last segment into this interview, but I want to know, because you mentioned that you were able to send one of your athletes to college. That was very mm-hmm. intriguing to me. So express, not express, but tell me how that made you feel because as a coach, that has to be like the biggest thing. Like, did you cry? <laughs> no, nah, I didn't cry. I was ready for her to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I did cry. I did. I did because she was actually one of my first female athletes that I was training, and uh, we created a bond that is like tight, and we still talk. Actually, she's home now, so I got to deal with her Sunday. Pray for me. <laughs> uh, but overall, it was a fun experience, and it was a great experience. It actually taught me a lot, and it taught her a lot. And the last training session we had, you know, it was more so like an emotional one. Like I wanted time to go slow. I wanted the training to go slow because I knew she was getting ready to leave. But watching her just play collegiate basketball, it's a thing of beauty. Um, it's actually a little scary because watching her play from playing in high school is like a whole different person. Because she's, I don't think it's because, I think it's because now she's not getting yelled at and I can't be at her games, all of them, you know, yelling at her, giving her, you know, our eye contact. Uh, but it was great. 
great experience overall. And, you know, I'm looking forward to being there again with the next set of athletes I have. It's just, again, just going through the whole process, starting back over. That is so sweet, Chris. That's one thing that I did not know about you, especially because I, I literally enjoy when you post pictures of your team. It's like I'm like watching. It's like a storytelling for me. It's like I'm watching you progress in life from training to being a coach. It's, it's so beautiful. So we're going into our last segment into this interview. And this last segment is basically we're going to talk about sneakers. So I'm not sure if you're a sneakerhead or not, but I'm a sneakerhead. And there is a song. I'm going to play it so people can hear it. It's called Vans on My Feet. But you heard of it? Oh, my God. It's Vans on My Feet, but they look like sneakers. It's, it's a, man, it's a hip song. I cannot believe you're from Dayton. It's okay. I'm going to tell you to just listen to the song. You're going to end up mm-hmm. buying yourself some Vans because it's, the song is actually pretty lit. If you wear them Vans, you're going to be seen. You have four. I've been buying Vans. Okay. You said what? Yeah. Just listen to the song, Chris. Don't judge mm-hmm. the song before you hear it. Okay. Vans I on my feet, but they look like sneakers. I would love to hear your top five sneakers that you vibe with and why you vibe with them. I mean, I can just tell you that now. <laughs> like, we ain't even gotta, we ain't gotta worry about that part. It's always Kobe. <laughs> so, really? that's always, forever. Oh, Kobe's, it will forever be Kobe, Kobe shoes, um, Vans without the song. Some <laughs> uh, it had to be Vans and Nikes. That's my only go-to shoe. Um, but what kind of Nikes? Out of uh, Vapor Maxes, Vapor Maxes, uh, the original Air Maxes. <sighs> Who else? We got, I mean, you know, you can't go wrong with the Nike boots. You always got to have them on. You ain't got the Nike boots. You're you're really missing out. Oh, I'm going to try those next. Oh, you have, man, listen. No. Go off the locker. Go off the locker. I think I got a, no, but I ain't got my parrot in the house, I think. I got them in the car. But yeah, go on a foot locker. They... They ninety five. I think they ninety five. Round up to like one hundred and ten, one hundred and five dollars or something like that. But they real comfortable. Um, they way better than Timberlands. Uh, who else? You can't yeah, argue Nike with that with a New Yorker. I can. I really can. If I want to, I promise I will. I I go to the death for that argument. So hey. <laughs> so I hope some New Yorkers comment because I promise I I'll, I'll shut them down with one comment. Then we're done. So yeah, the uh, Vapor Maxes, the the original Air Maxes, um, the Nike boots. I'm just a Nike a Nike person, um, and then Vans because they always top the boots. So yeah, and Kobe's forever. Okay, I see you have yourself a nice little roster there. It's nice. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your coaching history and also your life history and when it comes to basketball. Um, I really appreciate it. And I want to leave this with, I would love to actually pull up on your eighth grade girls and practice mm. with y'all actually i would actually love that i would love that i'm actually glad that you actually coach eighth grade team now so i can actually find a place to go and, and practice my little shots for open gym show them some moves and also yeah. be coached by mr Chris. i'm yeah, serious but, uh, yeah you so what i'll do is i'll send you a schedule and okay Come on to a game and you know, you'll see a whole different Chris, you know, because you know the old Chris quiet then, you know. So yes, and we'll we'll look into uh we'll look into that jumper of yours. We'll I would love to. I would love to. I'm dead serious. I would definitely pull up, send me a right, schedule cool. and I would love to come and watch your games and definitely come and check out how Mr. Coach Chris Bozeman coaches basketball outside of Chris actual Bozeman's life. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. The difference. Well, thank you so much for coming by and speaking with me. And I hope you have a great season. And nice. hopefully one day you do grab that championship. And I hope they give you that coach of the year because you definitely deserve it. Okay. You know, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm gonna let them hear this and hopefully I get it. So give him you, coach of the year. He deserves it, okay? Just show them your 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 relationship with your players. They they'll get it. If I get they, it, they, they see it. it. Yeah, I see. They see, it, they see it, you know, but uh, thank you, though, for having me on this show. I really do appreciate it. No problem. And, you know, just continue doing what you're doing. I, I see you. I see you out there. Thank we, you. I'll send you my schedule, and we'll talk soon. Most definitely. Thank you for having, thank you for coming on, and have a wonderful night. I didn't, you didn't have, I didn't have you. <laughs> but okay. You came right, on have here. <laughs> have a wonderful night, Chris. <laughs> Here on Afi Elizabeth Podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Music, on Spotify. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube and also follow me on Instagram. Yay, yay. <laughs>